everybody, this is Graham Kay. Just letting you know before we start the show that there was some technical difficulties on this episode. There is a light buzz in the background for the first 10 minutes and 20 seconds of this recording. So if it bothers you, just warning you, uh, and you can skip ahead to the 10 minute and 20 second mark. Sorry about the slight buzz. Uh, Technology is hard sometimes, but this is a great episode. We have a very good interview and a very interesting article. We actually interview one of the authors. Stay tuned. It's a special guest you might know. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Autastic, your comedian's guide to autism. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Kirk Smith, and here in my co-host's beautiful apartment in Brooklyn. Graham K. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again on your radio tuner that is on the internet. We appreciate it. This is a comedian's guide to autism. I have an autistic younger brother. Kirk has a nonverbal son, believe That's it or true. not, who's 20 or so. How is your lovely son, JJ, doing? He's doing okay. We, uh, you know, school's out, and we're in a weird transition now with uh, no corona. No corona. No <laughs> school. Yeah. And no jobs because of corona. There's plenty of corona. Plenty. No. Plenty to go around. <laughs> you want some? We got it. <laughs> we got it. You're in the right town. Yeah. Um, you can go to L.A. get some. You go all over. Texas go. got a good. Texas got fun. North Carolina's got plenty. A bushel. There's uh, <laughs> yeah. giving it out for free. Yeah. It's, um, things are bigger in Texas. That's true. That's true. I've uh, I've heard uh, some horror stories. Yeah, of the emergency room. Some some families down there, but uh, he's doing good. We had a cousin who was one of his mom's cousins. So your son is in uh, in a home, a special home yes. uh, in Sweden. And we had a cousin that was one of his mom's cousins that used to come visit him mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit because he lived in the same town. Oh, great. So, and his cousin, but he's probably 54 or something because he has kids also, mm-hmm. probably mid-20s. Like, so I'm trying to think how old he was. And he had a stroke and passed. And oh, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, tough deal. Two weeks ago, a week ago. So then, you know, we sent our condolences. He's so young. Yeah, young man. Full gray beard, but young, yeah. And trying to communicate that to JJ, that this this man, Alex, same name as my daughter, but different person, won't be coming to see him anymore. You know, trying to have that. It's an added layer of confusion. Conversation, yeah. And he's bored because everything's closed and no school because school he's finished with school and there's no not a lot of work right now so it's kind of a tough one you know do you, P- peter what do you guys talk to peter about death at all like i'm sure some family members have yeah, passed yeah 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 peter's surprisingly chillingly good with death um and i think i've said this on the podcast maybe last year but uh, last year peter and i were driving in the car um uh, back from the our, our family cottage to that to the house last summer, and my brother, I was just my brother and I in the car, and he said, "You know, when mom and dad die, we should sell the cottage." Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, robot man. <laughs> <laughs> Too much work. Yeah, <laughs> nah, I, I don't. Yeah, I understand that. That's those are tough, uh, tough things. Tough things. But he's, you know. uh, he, I, he, yeah, my brother reads other people's emotions right. so if other people are sad then he he knows to be he takes the social cues and then he'll he'll that's do like though. almost like a forced fake cry that's good though it's hard for my son to read emotions right he will do like if you cry he'll try to wipe your tears physically 
And if, so, you, if, so you, if you're upset at them and he wants you to smile, he'll like bunch up the corners of your eyes so you're like kind of smiling That's or so your cute. eyes are kind of smiling. Oh, I can't even. That's his move. And yeah. He wants you to smile. It's like, don't be mad. And then it'll like squish your <laughs> face. It's <laughs> exactly what he does. It's exactly what he does. JJ, I'm uh, sorry. That's that stinks. Yeah, uh, that's kind of stinks. I'm trying to get over there. I was talking to him yesterday. You know, we did his daily calls and just tell him, "Hey, I want to come see you." And just, yeah, it's tough. The house is still closed, and I understand why it's closed, but it's got to be tough for him. He doesn't Fewer understand. Visitors, yeah. Alex is his friend. Alex isn't coming anymore. His, his cousin, and then you're not there, and then he and doesn't he understand me, why everything's closed. I guess closed. You know, they do a thing when the workers go come to work with them. They've got a little Velcro board velcro board and then they've got pictures of the different aids so like today is nina and they'll put nina's picture up there and tomorrow's maryland and they'll put maryland's picture so he went through the pictures and found my picture and put it up on the board <gasps> so it's like come see me dad oh man <laughs> but then it's like i can't yeah because it's closed i'm it's very frustrating. i'm sorry man it makes you feel like a piece of but poop. that's also in a way is a sign that he's l- communicating yeah he's definitely and he misses you and yeah you know, you always like you're always saying, "Oh, I, I, you know, I wish my son could hug me." That's sort of a hug. Not hug. Say, "I love you." He I can love you. Hug you. Oh, he I'm, can, sorry, like, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. the air out of me. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> I love you. Um, yeah. No, you're right. You know, if it's any, it's it, an expression of love. Yeah, that's an expression of love. And if it makes you feel any better, my dad's never said, "I love, I love you." To <laughs> me. So, you that's know. very funny to me. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> can't do it. Not autistic. Just can't. Just a seven-year-old Scottish man. I imagine it like that scene in um, uh, Almost Famous where on an airplane, the airplane's going down and your dad's like, Graham, I love you. And you're like, what? I can't hear you. And then uh, the turbulence stops. Like, what'd you say? Nothing. Never mind. Nothing. <laughs> I said I want another scotch and yeah. soda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it together, boy. <laughs> Real <laughs> men don't say I love you. Yeah, that's exactly. Funny. No, he, he's, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, man. That's sad. So... Does anybody else in in um, Lorena's side of the family come visit him? That's the side that lives There's in one Sweden. There's uh, one more lady out there that lives out there. Her and her family also on Lorena's side, and uh, but she doesn't come as often. And uh, yeah, it's tough to, to ask people to do that. You know, I've asked a couple times, but you know, how many times can you ask that? Hey, could you go visit my son? Yeah. Like visit him yourself. I'm like I'm trying. Yeah. So that's a tough one. I might I might send a message. That's a good idea. There's a couple cousins that might be interested. I could send a message, a message to to see if they would. It's you know they live like three and a half hours away, which is far. far. That's far. But it, it uh, is a big ass. Maybe once a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's going on. That's our week in review. Well, we got an end well, of the news. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say uh, I'll do a quick one on Peter. Oh um, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I have a, a loved one in, in that also has has autism. I don't know if you noticed. Over the past five years, um, two hundred and thirty episodes yeah, or something. Yeah. I noticed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I listen sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Peter is. Um, think I think he might be over staying with my parents. I was supposed to come visit in Ottawa. I was supposed to go up there this week. But I decided not to go, and Peter is pretty disappointed. I feel pretty guilty about it. I, uh, I, I just didn't want to... If, you, if you're coming from America, I live in New York now, and my family's in Ottawa, and if I was going to go to Canada, 
you have to quarantine for two weeks yep. and you can't be in the same residence as people over 65 yep. and if you break quarantine or if you end up living with someone who's 65 or over um, your neighbors will rat on you uh, more importantly they might die <laughs> well more importantly they I could kill my parents absolutely yeah but if you, even if I like go grocery shopping or something I could get fined seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars yeah it's a it's a real seven hundred fifty thousand dollars that's right that's right not that I have it I guess that they seems just, a little hot I guess they would just bankrupt you I don't know what they would do but that's that is the number Canadian, so that's like sixty dollars. No, that's a cheap joke. Uh, it's Joking. more like more like five hundred thousand. It is probably like five hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, so it's maybe it's six hundred thousand. Forty-six. Maybe six hundred thousand. Yeah, you yeah. said seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yes. Okay. It's like a twenty. It's like a house. Twenty-four percent difference. I don't know, but anyway, um, that's like a house. It's a lot, and. Um, and I, ha- I have no I had no plans on breaking quarantine I didn't want to kill my parents uh, my parents could stay at the cottage we're very fortunate uh, but I didn't want to spend two weeks alone I mean uh, Peter would be there that'd be great uh, in my parents house just two weeks there not leaving and then I have to do it again at Christmas when I come up that's a month of my year yeah, yeah. that's in quarantine and you know outdoor comedy shows are starting to happen in New York I'm doing comedy again and there's some personal things in my personal life that are sort of progressing a bit here that I kind of want to see through and um, anyway my brother was very disappointed and it was sad and I feel guilty but I ultimately I think it's the right move for me as a person and we can um, we can we can FaceTime I guess you can go up there for uh, Canadian Thanksgiving too. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's Christmas be, Thanksgiving. Well, we're not gonna go for. Can- yeah, I guess I could go for November. That's Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah, you bring some, bring some train parts. It'll be great. <laughs> well, we've got a. Uh, do you want to do the? Do you want to do the article? Do you want me to do the article? What do you want to do? Yeah, you can. You can do the article. This is a a, a special um, episode. We are going to read a very interesting scientific article, and then. We are going to interview one of the co-authors of this article. Man, you tipped our hand. And it's uh, a very, uh, it's somebody you guys, you uh, listeners may know. It's JJ. He wrote this article. JJ <laughs> was busy. Uh, I'm just being silly. All right, here we go. This is Psychology Today. <laughs> it's about how he likes donuts and finds Pizza? tight pants restrictive. <laughs> and only wears sweatpants. Yeah. No, here we go. I love you, son. Not making fun of you. You're the sweetest boy. Make my little eyes squish up in the corners. Here we go. So cute. Count backwards from 100. The new hypothesis of autism emerges. New paper raises questions about the heritability, sorry, the heritability impacts of general anesthesia. The relentless increase in autism over the past several decades is perhaps the biggest medical mystery of our time. The California Department of Developmental Services, for example, reports a mind-boggling for thousand percent increase in autism between 1989 and 2020. Some researchers argue that such a dramatic rise suggests an environmental trigger or triggers. But what? New paper by the international peer-reviewed journal Environmental Epigenetics by my friend Jill Escher and her colleague 
LaDonna Ford looks beyond the usual cor- corporate uh, culprits, such as vaccines and Monsanto, and reports that a hidden and perhaps terrifyingly common agent might be responsible for some autisms. A parent's exposure to general anesthetic gases, or GA, either in early childhood surgery or successive surgeries later in life. When the parent is an- anesthesia... Anest- okay. When the parent is Anesthesiologist? Anesthetized? I'm close. Anesthetized. I'm close. What's the word, Graham? Are we close? I I have to read it. All right, it's fine. So, when the parent, the patient, is anesthetized. Anesthetized. Damn. Thought I had it. Uh, So, in essence, are his germ cells. In other words, when the parent... A patient is uh, given anesthesia. So anesthetized. Anesthetized. There we go. So are his germ cells. <sighs> says Escher, a longtime research advocate who co-authored the piece with Ford, a retired anesthesiologist and fellow autism mom. The germ cells are the sperm and egg cells and their precursor cells back to the time of embryonic development. You know, it's funny. I suggested we have Jill on for this very reason. So I wouldn't butcher this article. And what do we do? I butchered the article. You butcher it. Well, we'll have her on to talk we'll about We'll still it. have her on. She can still fix it. Yeah. The paper, which is an open access, summarizes some of the... By the way, the special guest is Jill. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) excited. Well, I I think they gathered that anyway. (laughs) The paper, which is open access, summarizes some of the family histories that prompted the idea and then discusses the research showing that common anesthetic gases can alter the expression of genes critical for early brain development, including neurogenesis, neural migration, Synaptologenesis and defects which are implicated in autism. I think I got those words right. That's why I'm laughing. I'm not laughing at the defects. I was laughing at my pronunciation. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we, we, they know you're not laughing at the defects. Okay, good. If genes in the germline are disrupted, neural development of the offspring could be affected, they said. The authors are detailing mammal studies showing that some GA exposure to the parent's generation, generation can impact the germ cells, causing the learning or behavior abnormalities in the offspring born of those cells. These studies also show sex-specific effects where males are more affected than females. Despite the plausibility of hereditable impacts of GA, there are no human studies on this critical question, said Ford. We could see that children through five... We could, we could see children through five surgeries and no one would even think of it as it might impact their germ cells and therefore their future children's neurodevelopmental development. The two say that their hypothesis is not only biologically plausible, but that it could be potentially. I live by a fire station. I don't know if you can hear that, but that's a yeah. it's a five alarm fire. The two say that the hypothesis is not only biologically plausible, but it could potentially help impact explain part of the dramatic rise in autism over recent decades. Also, some of the mysterious phenomenon associated with the disorder, including strong hereditability and roots in dysregulation of early brain development, heterogeneity, and even skewed sex ratio, four to one, males to females. However, quote, however, by no means do we contend that this is the only exposure worth exploring, says Escher, who previously published in genetic journals regarding hereditable risk exposures, such as synthetic steroid hormone drugs and tobacco smoke. Paper strongly condemns the conventional assumption that autism strong Hereditability is, gener- is necessarily genetic in origin. Hereditability, they say, can also have environmental roots if the toxicant works at a germ cell level. But autism research has almost completely avoided this question. The authors 
are clear that they consider GA a triumph in modern medicine, but at the same time, these substances are powerful poisons and in some cases can, and even in some cases, to our DNA. We absolutely must know if they present a hereditable risk. Okay. Okay, so should we get Jill online? Let's do it. All right. Our roving reporter, Jill Escher. I thought you were going to dial it already. I'm a ding dong. But uh, better safe than sorry. She's in beautiful California, she told us. Watching two kids with autism. Hello. Hey, Jill. It's Kirk and Graham. How you doing? Hi, Jill. Hi. <laughs> we understand you're at are, are we live? You are live. Are we live you're or? on the air. Uh, well, you're not live. Uh, if, if we're definitely some, recording. If, if, if we're recording, if uh, Kirk swears, we can edit it out. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm happy to to, to be uh, here, not as roving reporter today. Yeah, you're 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 uh, sedentary. You're uh, you're at a pool. I understand, taking care of your uh, lovely children. That is true. Yes, I am uh, not very clothed right now, so it's a good thing we're um, a podcast. Wow, <laughs> wow, this is the racist episode of Autastic ever, I think. It is. An autism mom in a bathing suit, that's what we're doing. Hey. <laughs> Middle-aged autism mom in a bathing suit. <laughs> well, we just read the yeah. article. and uh, Still beautiful. There you go, Graham's building you up, building you up. And uh, we read the article. I butchered a bunch of stuff, and we're hoping we uh, that you could, as the author, co-author of the article, just walk us through like a simple explanation for two tall but very simple men. <laughs> very tall, very tall, like redwood tree tall. I see. I've met you guys. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I uh, this is my third article um, published in the scientific journal. Oh, congrats. Uh, people who, yeah, uh, it's, and um, so far my favorite one. And I am not just a roving reporter and an autism advocate. I'm also deeply involved in research. And I work with scientists like literally around the world trying to develop new ideas about what might be causing autism. Now, mm-hmm. just to make it really clear in case people listening don't understand this, Autism rates have been surging over the past couple of decades, and we really don't understand why. And 4,000% according to the article. uh, 4,000% in the California developmental disability caseload. And, you know, uh, I would say not dissimilar rates um, nationwide and in other countries. We're now seeing um, across European countries and even here in the U.S. closer to 3% of all children having autism, which is really unprecedented and quite alarming. Wow. We wow. really don't have, uh, you know, any, anything to suggest that we've experienced We've experienced something like this before. And so, yeah, a lot of people say, Oh yeah, it's better diagnosis. It's better awareness. Let me tell you right now, that's impossible. That cannot possibly explain the numbers that we're seeing. It can only explain a portion over a limited amount of time. Right. So, you know, what's happening, right? Everyone says, well, rising, you know, even though methodology hasn't changed that much in the past three, four years, it's still right. The methodology has, n- yeah, has not changed that much. I would argue even in the past 20 years. Now, some people might oh. disagree, but it hasn't, it hasn't changed to encompass like, you know, we're just counting people who are quirky. No, we're counting people like Peter. We're counting right. people like JJ. We're counting mm-hmm. people like my daughter Sophie, who's nonverbal. My son Johnny, who's nonverbal. 
So, um, you know, that we're talking about considerable disability, you know, not just shades of personality differences. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, discussion that maybe what's driving this is, you know, genetics in some way, right? Because we see that autism yeah. is what's called their, a very heritable condition. Like in my family, I have two kids with autism, right? So it's right. got to be heritable in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that time and again that autism is very heritable. But what I argue in this paper with Dr. Ford, my colleague, who also has an autistic son, who, by the way, looks just like JJ. I'll send you a picture of him. That's so funny. And uh, so she's here in the Bay Area. She's a former anesthesiologist. What we argue in this paper is that it seems likely to us that a portion of this autism increase might be explained by general anesthesia exposures to the parents, hmm. right? Not to the kids. We're not talking about the yeah. kids. We're talking about the parents. And this is a and why would this is this is um, happening. The exposure would happen not necessarily during um, uh, birth, but but way before that. At any point in the parents, the mother's life. That's right, and we're we're mostly concerned actually about childhood exposure to the parents, okay. or very early life, like neonatal surgeries. You know, surgeries during infancy, toddlerhood, okay. childhood, this pre-puberty. This seems kind of similar to the smoking thing, right? Where the the child already has their eggs and so their germ cells or however it's called so they can be damaged at any point that young lady's germ cells could be damaged when she's two or in the womb or at any point is that correct my understanding correctly that's right that's right so you have every human has his germ cells which are the sperm or the egg or the cells that later become the sperm or egg from the time you're basically a little tiny embryo you know the first trimester you already have your germ cells. Right. So your germ cells are ba- are cooking in you, and they're shaking and baking, and they're getting exposed to stuff, and they're going and un- undergoing all kinds of interesting dynamic you know, programming. And you probably remember meiosis from high school biology. You know, they're, they're week. working hard. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> your germ cells are working hard. Especially if you're, you don't remember, but no one pays attention to them. Right. Yeah, we just sort of assume, oh, you know, we have some eggs, we have mm-hmm. some sperm. Mm-hmm. No one thinks about what happens to them and where they come from. Right. So we're, we're arguing that actually general anesthesia, which is very genotoxic, meaning it can cause DNA damage and it can cause damage around the different elements around the DNA that change the way that DNA operates. So we're, we're saying that this is a particularly toxic exposure that can result in developmental abnormalities in the offspring that are made of those egg and sperm that have been exposed. And we've seen this in, in animal models. So in the paper, we talk about the animal models that show this pattern. And then we say, hey, listen, you know, this is a really, really important um, hypothesis that nobody has ever thought of before. And there's never been a single study in humans, and it's time that we do those studies. So that's what the, the paper doesn't say, we know everything definitively. The paper says, we are concerned <laughs> that we have completely overlooked this particular risk factor. And then if I, and, if I understand um, the last paragraph, it's basically saying this is just one of many factors, and that explains why there's so many different kinds of autism, possibly. Yeah, yeah, we're not, we're definitely not suggesting that this is the only thing, right, causing autism at all. 
yeah, we think that this is one thing that should be considered, and we think it's one very important thing that should be considered. Um, just considering how genotoxic this exposure is and how under-researched it is. Right. And, you know, this is something that, you know, we, we talk about that it's a pattern we see in autism families all the time, mm-hmm. right? This is not something that we made up out of thin air. This is some, this is, this came, the hypothesis came from stories, right? That we heard from autism families. Right. So we're not just making this stuff up. And now, you know, the researchers fortunately have really uh, been very positive about the paper. And um, I think we're getting some momentum behind uh, generating some new studies, which is great news. It's awesome. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on the article. Yeah. And thank you so much for, uh, you know, taking time out of your busy pool day <laughs> to, uh, to help us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And to all the listeners out there, if I ever email you or call you and start asking randomly about your surgical or other <laughs> exposures, uh, you'll know it's not just because I'm a complete nosy person, which you know might be true, but there is actually a, a method in this whole madness. No, you're, so. you're, you're, uh, you're so, a credit yeah. to the community, and uh, we applaud your continued hard work and research. Yeah, thank you so much for breaking it down yeah. for two morons. Uh, yeah. That's us. And uh, yeah, have a have a have a great uh, pool day out there. All right. And remember, every sperm is sacred. Every sperm is great. That's all you need to know. Okay. Okie dokie. That's the first time I've ever heard <laughs> that. But you, okay. didn't, you, didn't, <laughs> you didn't get the Monty Python reference? Oh, Aww. no. I just did now. Okay. Oh, okay. sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm talking to two comedians. <laughs> it's been a while since I saw that. That's a 45-year-old yeah. movie, but yes, yeah. it's very funny. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, I'm jumping. I'm jumping back in the water. Bye, guys. You're the best. Bye. Thank you. Have a good day. Well, that was Jill. I thought it was great. She really broke it down. Yeah, and I love that you thought for a brief moment that uh, <laughs> there was uh, uh, an... And uh, I, I, some religious connotation. I have no yeah. idea what she's getting at. I thought it was, yeah. I want to keep this totally clean, but I was like, what exactly? Well, it is a religious joke, I guess. Um, but anyway, yeah. Monty Python, very funny. Well, that's great. That, 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 I was, it was really a, ple- a real pleasure to have an author of finally an article that we, we read on air. Yeah, it was great. Break it down for us. Um, did we do it? Was that an episode? That's it, guys. I think that's an episode. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Autastic, guys. We'd appreciate that. I'm at uh, Instagram K on Instagram, Mr. Graham K on Twitter. Over there, Kirk is Kirk Smith, at Kirk Smith Comedy, rather, at Kirk Smith Comedy. That's it, guys. Have a great week. You can do it.